Welcome to something new for supporters of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. It's called RPO Extra, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra podcast. RPO Extra is an occasional podcast which over the coming year will bring you news of the orchestra, details of forthcoming events, concerts and recordings, interviews with the team and soloist performers, as well as music from one of the hardest working orchestras anywhere in the world. So there's something for everyone. We start this edition of RPO Extra with something sure to be of interest to all lovers of orchestral music. Last year, the RPO commissioned a YouGov report into how we consume classical music and our appreciation of it. The RPO's managing director, James Williams, told me why the report had been commissioned in the first place. Well, here at the RPO, we were really interested to listen to our audiences, actually. So we set out our stall for a year uh, to propose a number of questions to people across the UK about their relationship with orchestral music so that we got a better understanding uh, of the wider context uh, against which we as an orchestra uh, perform. What came out of that process? What have you learnt about the UK and its relationship with classical music? Well, you're absolutely right. We were determined to really uh, stretch uh, the survey as wide as possible. And YouGov is the perfect partner to work with because it truly is a UK national picture across uh, all parts of the of, of the country. Um, I think what we found was actually hugely encouraging that there is a huge appetite across the UK population uh, for orchestral music. And I think, you know, in an age where uh, we're often told that audiences are dwindling uh, for um, uh, orchestral concerts um, or that they are ageing audiences, I think what we found in particular for young people was a huge enthusiasm for orchestral music. Are you seeing ageing? dwindling audiences? No, not, not particularly. Of course there are some areas that are more challenging than others, um, but I think you know, what we are seeing is, uh, particularly for some of our more popular um, music concerts, so for example film score concerts, um, the average age of the audience um, actually is incredibly young. We recently did a, a concert uh, in partnership with PlayStation, uh, and I would say the average age of the audience there was, was probably 30 years old. So, you know, I, I think it totally depends on the type of repertoire and the type of performance uh, that we do as to the type of audience that we're attracting. James Williams, and there's more to come from our conversation after a little more music. A little of Beethoven's Symphony No. 6, some fine orchestral and classical music. But what of the future? With the publication of the RPO's report into how we consume music, I asked RPO Managing Director James Williams whether he now foresees a possible reclassification of the term classical music in the present age. To, to an extent, yes. And, and I mean, for, for us at the RPO, the term classical music uh, doesn't fully reflect uh, the portfolio of a 21st century orchestra. And, you know, a, a, a friend of mine recently said to me that he didn't like classical music. Uh, and I pointed out, well, it's the same by saying if you don't enjoy Shakespeare, particularly saying I don't like literature. Um, so actually when we talk about orchestral music, actually suddenly it connects in people's minds the fact that film music and uh, uh, tr traditional symphonic music, actually they're not as 
poles apart as we might traditionally think. And actually it doesn't take much to link one to the other, whether it's John Williams and Gustav Holtz, for example. Um, there are plenty of ways of us curating those people's journeys from one, one to the other. So there's no danger of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra being known as the orchestra that killed classical music because you're going to concentrate on orchestral music, classical and contemporary. Well, we're embracing all music that's written for orchestra, whether that be from video games through to the great symphonies of Beethoven and, and Brahms. Does that also mean, James, that you're going to be either increasing or maintaining your commissioning of new orchestral music? And I haven't used the word classical quite deliberately there. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's always vitally important to support composers of today. Um, and we commission music across a range of different uh, areas of our activity, from our community education work right through to our uh, 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 large-scale symphonic concerts. Um, so we will be commissioning, of course, the orchestra has a birthday coming up in 2021, which will be our 75th birthday. So without giving away too many plans, that does provide quite a nice platform from which to start commissioning. Would you see that making the financial aspects of running orchestras here in the UK easier if you are serving audiences in a more accessible way might it unlock future funding for the arts which i know is a bit of a thorny subject in government well potentially yes i think you know everything comes back to defining the value and impact that arts has on on society and i think at a time when our society is so fractured and divided i think the arts has an incredible unifying factor uh, to help support that and of course you know audiences are such an important part of any arts organizations uh, portfolio without audiences art simply doesn't exist uh, in that sense. So, um, you know, we're really hopeful that this will help us continue with our audience development strategy and help inform our programming going forward as an organisation. That's the RPO's Managing Director, James Williams. If you'd like to, you can download a copy of the report entitled A New Era for Orchestral Music at the RPO's website, which is www.rpo.co.uk. And now for something completely related. Evocative stuff, isn't it? That's a little of Mendelssohn's Hebrides Overture, which will be part of the orchestra's concerts later this year. It brings me to our next item, because it's time now for a little from one of the soloists performing with the orchestra this year. Francesca Dago has performed with the RPO on a number of occasions. This time, she'll be performing Mozart's Third Violin Concerto at a number of venues. Recently, I spoke to Francesca in Milan, and I asked her about her relationship with the piece. I first learned it when I was seven. It was one of the first concertos I learned. Um, of course, I have no idea really what I understood of it at seven, but it's one of those pieces that is often given to students, is often played um, in exams. And so you hear a lot of it. I, I realized in giving masterclasses that half of the people are usually playing Mozart three. But the thing is with me, I then never played it um, with orchestra for many, many years and finally played it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I've played it a lot since. So uh, for me, it was a big change to my um, Italian slash Russian school upbringing. Um, so I just really enjoyed so much to rediscover and put everything into question and um, avoid 
anything too romantic, uh, cut down on vibrato, think about shape and phrasing, first of all, and especially in a piece like this where there's a second movement which is just heavenly and is so easily distorted, really, by encrusted tradition somehow. So I, I just really tried to disencrust it and start again and make it pure and just beautiful. Do you learn from each performance? Absolutely, and it just gets harder and harder. That's one of the problems with, uh, with thinking and with growing up, I guess. Um, we do keep learning all our lives, and as a professional, you learn from the people you perform with. So basically, the sound of the orchestra and uh, the ideas of the conductor, that's what really inspires me the most and makes it exciting for every new um, encounter and interpretation um, of the same piece. And when that applies to the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, with whom you performed on a number of occasions in the past, what is your relationship with them? Well, first of all, they're a a bit of a perfect instrument. I mean, I'm Italian, so it's a bit like, you know, driving a Ferrari or something like that. Um, So it gives you the possibility, in a way, to do what you want, because you know you'll have the support of um, a group who listens, who has incredible experience, so it's always been a real joy. I've played Mendelssohn and Bruch with uh, the Royal Philharmonic. And actually, they're one of the orchestras I used to go and hear um, a lot when I when I was studying in London. So um, I really heard them perform all sorts of repertoire and feel very close to their ideas and interpretation and to the conductors they've worked with. So it's actually really exciting for me. That's Francesca Dago. And if you go to the RPO's website, www.rpo.co.uk, you can find the details of when and where she'll be performing, as well as the full text of our longer conversation. Before we finish this first episode of RPO Extra, it was with great sadness that the orchestra and the musical world as a whole learned of the death of conductor André Previn recently. André was appointed as the RPO's first music director in 1985 and continued in post until 1988 when he became its principal conductor. His artistic partnership with the RPO lasted until 1992. Active in a variety of initiatives with the orchestra, his interpretation of British music with the RPO was renowned, bringing to life the music of Walton and Elgar with his uniquely virtuoso style. He's remembered with great affection, and his legacy will live on as part of the orchestra's future. That's all for this first edition of RPO Extra, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra podcast. For lots more about the work of the orchestra, and to download your copy of the RPO's YouGov report called A New Era for Orchestral Music, just go to the website www.rpo.co.uk. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.